Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Dave Kirpin with me. Dave is the founder and CEO of Likeable Local a social media software company serving thousands of small businesses. Dave is also the co-founder of Likeable Media, an award-winning social media and word-of-mouth marketing agency. Dave's businesses have generated revenue in excess of $30 million. Dave has been featured on CNBC's On The Money, BBC, ABC, CBS, and the New York Times. He's also a regular speaker at conferences and a venture partner at Gen Y Capital Partners, an early-stage venture firm which is leveraging Gen Y to support Gen Y. Dave's first book was a New York Times bestseller, Likeable Social Media. I'm very excited to have Dave on Success Harbor today. Welcome. Thank you for being here, Dave. My pleasure. Great to be here. Before we uh, start talking about your business, I wanted to bring up your wedding. It was a sponsored wedding that raised over $100,000. How did you get the idea to have a sponsored wedding? Well, I wish you could say it was my idea, but of course, uh, behind every great man is a much better woman, and it was uh, my, <laughs> my wife's idea. And you know, she had a she had a strong marketing and promotions background, and she just uh, thought of it as a way to provide value for our wedding vendors and be able to create the wedding of our dreams. How long did it take you to organize it all? Uh, it took eight months. So eight. Uh, actually less time than most um, couples uh, spend planning their wedding. Yeah, I mean, easily. Uh, I don't know what the average is, but I'd be surprised if it wasn't between one and two years. Yeah, it's usually about a year. Yeah. So it took you eight months. And uh, how many sponsors did you have approximately? about 15 sponsors so we had some major sponsors like uh smirnoff who sponsored our alcohol and uh david's bridal who sponsored our uh bridesmaids gowns and wedding dress and uh entomins who sponsored our desserts and then we had some smaller sponsors like the dj and the event planner and the photographer and the videographer wow that that's uh that's pretty awesome <laughs> it was really a blast it was so much fun and you had like, what, 500 people or so at the wedding? Well, we had 500 friends and family, and then since it was the end of a baseball game, we had about 5,000 strangers, uh, baseball fans that stayed for, oh. the, uh, for the wedding <laughs> as well. That's pretty cool. So uh, I have read that in uh, 2007, you uh, transformed the K-Buzz into likable local. Uh, what was the K-Buzz? The K-Buzz was the original name for our um, first uh, company. Uh, after what was that our, first company? I'm sorry. What was that company? What, what did it that was a word do? of mouth uh, word of mouth marketing company? So we got so much buzz from um, the wedding that we started a company. Our vendors said this was great. What are you going to do next? We couldn't get married again, so we started a company and it was focused on um, word of mouth and buzz marketing. It was called the K Buzz. And then uh, as social media opened up, we realized that social media was a much better way to generate word of mouth than baseball stadium events and mall events, and so we pivoted to, um, to uh, call it likable media and uh, focus on helping big brands with social media. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what were you doing before the K-Buzz? Were you an entrepreneur before? or? Well, I've never, I've never, I was never an official entrepreneur, but I, I, I always did entrepreneurial-like activities uh, like uh, sales, and uh, 
uh, uh, I was a ballpark vendor, and um, I don't know how well you know the ballpark vending business, but you're essentially an entrepreneur. You buy product every every night, and then you resell it to uh, all the people out in the stands at the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And so that was really my first experience. So you were selling like hot dogs or what were you selling? Yeah, well, hot dogs, so it's a seniority-based system. So you have to work for years to get up to the hot dogs and the beer. That's where the real money's at. But um, no, I was selling a product called Crunch and Munch. Mm -hmm. And um, my first night of the job, I sold six boxes and I made the legal minimum of $15. So I came back the second day determined to sell a lot more product. And I started a little song and dance routine and juggling boxes and was able to create a persona for myself as the crunch and munch guy and sell quite a bit of crunch and munch and at How? my best i was selling about 800 boxes a game and making over a thousand dollars a night that's pretty good uh how long how long did you do that i did that for three years so while i was in college essentially and then i graduated from school and i decided i had to get a real job so uh i left the crunch and munch guy business and became a sales guy for disney so mm-hmm. i think in in many cases salespeople are kind of like entrepreneurs in that they're building their own book of business within, within an organization. So obviously they don't have quite the same risk reward as entrepreneurs, but I think salespeople have, you know, similar kind of risk reward. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the uh, transition in uh, to likable local. Uh, What gave you the idea for, for likable local and um, what were some of those challenges making that transition? Uh, well, so I was running Likeable Media at the time with my wife, and uh, I was very frustrated with um, how many small businesses came to us and wanted our help that we couldn't really help because the economics don't work. It's, you can't, uh, it's very hard to build a, a large agency. Can you be um, a little specific? Like, give us an example. Like, what, what, what kind of company would come to you and, and what budget they had that was just not enough to do what an agency needed to do? Sure, sure. So, Charlie was a restaurant owner. Charlie, uh, Charlie owned a restaurant in the Story of Queens, Greek restaurant, really great restaurant. And we did, uh, we worked for Charlie for $500 a month. Mm-hmm. And while I was working for Charlie for $500 a month, I was also working for Verizon for $20,000 a month. Mm-hmm. You can imagine how hard it is to serve both a $20,000 a month client and a $500 a month client. And I just we just couldn't really keep up with Charlie and serve him right. So we fired Charlie because mm-hmm. we couldn't really afford to work with him. And we sent him on his way and wished him luck. And I really I, – I didn't like having to fire Charlie because I love small businesses. And so um, so eventually, you know, we got asked enough times that I said, you know what, we're going to start a company for small businesses – and we launched a software company called Likeable Local. And with software, it's much easier to serve small businesses um, than with an agency model. So that's gone very well. So give, uh, give me an idea. What does Likeable Local do, the platform itself? If, if I'm Charlie, how is that going to help my business? What, what are some of the things that the software, the platform does for my business? Cool. So if you're Charlie, um, there's uh, five main components. The first is listening. So you can log into the platform and see what everyone is saying about you and your restaurant on Facebook, on Twitter, and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And you can respond back to them in real time, which is great. You can also learn about how to, you know, what they're asking for. Maybe they're talking about how you know, the moussaka was the best thing ever. Then maybe you should put a special on moussaka. Um, then there's content. Well, the hardest thing for small businesses to keep up with in, in, in social media world is content. And so we have a... Um, 
thousands of pieces of content in 65 different categories that we recommend, uh, that we help queue up for you for your social media feeds to make So content. these are like uh, syndicating things, basically? Is it like yep. syndication? Okay. Yep. Content. And then the third, that's the second. The third is advertising. So any, any post that you put through our platform turns into a Facebook ad automatically because you have to really pay Facebook if you want to do well on social media now. So turns into a Facebook ad, and we also do, we have a tool called Reverb that takes every tweet and LinkedIn post and repeats it five times for you. Mm -hmm. um, the fourth thing is landing pages, so, so mobile-friendly websites. Mm -hmm. um, and then the fifth is promotions to drive uh, leads. So we run promotions every month to drive more leads into your uh, business. And so this is mostly automated, or, or uh, what does Charlie have to do like on a monthly basis? So we asked Charlie to log in once a week to the platform, uh, spend about 20 minutes with it, and the rest is really automated for him. So it, 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 I can't completely automate social media. There's really no way to do that, but we get as close to automating as possible. We, we walk the customer to water, and we let them take the drink. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, with Likeable Media, like you mentioned, you were serving much bigger customers like Verizon, and then with Likeable Local, you're focusing on small businesses. So it's a different way to market. Um, how do you get those first customers for Likeable Local? So our first customers, uh, we got through a business partner. We, we partnered with a company called Henry Shine, which is the largest company in the world that sells to dentists. And they helped us sell to dentists. Mm -hmm. So our first 100 customers were dentists, thanks to our partners at uh, Henry Shine. And then we were able to build a sales team and start uh, you know, generating more customers in different verticals. Okay. So, so that's one, uh, strategic partnerships. Uh, aside from strategic partnerships, how do you, how do you get clients for uh, Likeable Local? So besides strategic partnerships, we do a lot of inbound marketing. So we put out a lot of great content on social media, ebooks, white papers, webinars, blog posts, and that attracts people when they're look when they're lo looking to learn about social media. They see our stuff, they download our stuff, and then they call us, email us, they set up a demo, and our sales team uh, does a demo for them. So how do you make money? You make money as a membership for the platform and also a percentage on the advertising spend? Uh, just the first part, $200 okay. a month that we get paid for the platform, and that includes the ad spend. Okay, okay. So let's talk about differentiation with uh, Likeable Local. What are the, some of the things that you do to set yourself apart from other companies that try to do similar things? Well, I think that proprietary technology is really important. Uh, we have a proprietary technology called TurboPost that I mentioned earlier that uh, turns every, uh, every post into an ad on Facebook. That's probably the most important differentiator. Um, also, you know, we wrote the book on social media, to be frank. We wrote the best-selling book of all time in social media, and so I'd like to think we know what we're doing um, better than most. But I think that, uh, you know, ultimately the most important differential is, is proprietary technology that uh, others don't have and can't copy. Yeah, I want to get into the book in, uh, in a couple of minutes, but I, I just uh, I want to talk about um, maybe a, a good learning experience, or I, I don't like to call it a mistake, but you know, uh, something that our audience would really learn from uh, an entrepreneur, maybe that a mistake that you have made or that was just a really good learning experience that you would do differently with Likeable Local. 
Yeah, well, I make mistakes all the time. Uh, so that's the good news for you guys. And um, uh, I would say the biggest mistake that I made, and frankly, sometimes continue to make, that I see entrepreneurs and uh, business leaders struggling with the most is holding on to an employee for too long that doesn't, uh, doesn't work. Mm-hmm. What happens is uh, companies, entrepreneurs hire people, and then they really want to believe that the people they hire are the right person. And so they keep at it and they keep trying to make it work and coaching them and working with them and justifying to, the, to themselves that this person should stay. And, um, and they do that for way, way, way too long. And my biggest mistake was holding on to somebody that turned out to be uh, a drug addict and um, a, real, a real cancer on the company and, uh, mm-hmm. in many, many ways. And I wish I had let that person go far earlier. Um, but, you know, I made the mistake of just hoping that it would be okay and sort of wishing for it to be okay. But entrepreneurs need to be honest and realistic about the situation and look at the harsh reality with people. And when it's not going to work, it's better to cut ties as quickly and, and as quickly as possible, always. So, so today, what you learned from it is, are, are you looking harder in the beginning when you hire somebody or you just would you just fire somebody faster now if, yeah. they, if they don't work out? W- yeah. w- w- which is which? Uh, a little of both. Um, for a while, I was on a higher, slow, fire, fast kick. The reality is in the startup, it kind of depends on the, the size and scope of your business. If you're a business of two people, then yeah, hire really slowly for the third. But at our scale, we're, we're, we're growing quickly. So frankly, we're, we're, we're at a higher, fast, fire, fast uh, pace right now. So um, yes, definitely fire fast, but sometimes you don't have the time to really look that closely. You just have to take chances and hope it works out. And if and when it doesn't, just move quickly. How many employees do you have right now? We have um, 75 between our two companies. Mm-hmm. And how many businesses are using Likeable Local? Uh, a little over 800. 800. And so, Dennis, uh, you mentioned, uh, are you focusing on any other vertical or, or is this more the size of the business? Yeah, no, Dentist was our first vertical, but now we've since expanded to jewelers, real estate agents, contractors, uh, and just a lot of general you know, businesses doing different interesting things. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your book. Your first uh, book was a New York Times bestseller, uh, Likeable Social Media. What advice do you have for those that want their books to become bestsellers in terms of promotion? How did you do it? Great question. So um, the, in order to be, be a bestseller, you have, to, um, you have to sell a lot of books within one week. Mm-hmm. Most, for most people, it's the launch week. And the best way to do it is to coordinate bulk orders, get um, businesses that will buy, you know, 200 books, 300 books, 500 books at a time. Mm-hmm. I also gave up some speaking fees instead of sell, instead of speaking for money. I saw, I spoke for, you know, book or, book orders of three, four, mm-hmm. five hundred books at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also did giveaways for people that were willing to buy three books, ten books, thirty books, mm-hmm. and that way I was able to sell seven thousand books in the first week and 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 make the New York Times bestseller list. That's that's pretty good. I I don't know what's the What's the number now, like an average number to be a bestseller? I, the lowest number I heard was about 2,000. I don't know what's the, what's the average. Do you, do you know that or sure. do they well, disclose really de- that? It really depends on the list. For the New York Times, it's 5,000 paperback, 10,000 hardcover. Mm-hmm. For all the other lists, it's easier. So Wall Street Journal, it's easier. USA Today, it's easier than that. Mm-hmm. Denver Post, it's easier than that. And then obviously Amazon, you can 
kind of call yourself you don't have to sell many books to call yourself an Amazon bestseller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just have a couple of more questions, a couple of uh, general entrepreneurial questions. Uh, the first one is, what is the best advice you've ever received? Best advice I've ever received. Um, I, I do like hire slow, fire fast. I use that sometimes um, as best advice. But since we already talked about that, let me give you something else. I'm going to go with... Uh, shut up and listen. I think listening is the most uh, undervalued skill, really, really important skill. And the more, the more leaders and entrepreneurs can listen to their customers, listen to their staff, listen to their vendors, uh, listen to their prospects, the better off they're going to be. Um, you earlier mentioned the strategic partnerships that uh, you developed. Um, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs? Because, I mean, I, I strongly believe in uh, strategic partnerships, and I think it's a great way to grow a business quickly. Uh, where do you look for strategic partnerships? Um, you know, I know every business is different, but if you could give a couple of pointers, how do you make those connections? Where do you look to identify the right strategic partner for your business? Well, I think you have to think about your market. So who are you selling to? And then who else sells to them? Um, and who else sells to them something that is complementary but not competitive? And if you can find that, then you can find a good strategic partner. And uh, in uh, your opinion, uh, I think you know the thing about being an entrepreneur is you can do anything you want, and but you could also waste your time at the same time. So, what do you think is the biggest time waster for entrepreneurs? What what, is, what are some of the things that you think people focus on the wrong things that they focus as they build their business? Biggest time wasters. Um, business plans. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think a lot, of, a lot of entrepreneurs get caught up on building this like crazy business plan. Our business plan is one page. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've built two companies and generated over, you know, $30 million of revenue in the last several years with, business plans that are one page. So that's one thing. Um, What else? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Just planning to plan and not executing. You got to go out there and just do it. So many, so many uh, entrepreneurs waste time, like getting their act together and getting the courage instead of just like jumping in. And I think that um, it's important to jump in Mm-hmm. Because no matter how successful or or not you are, you can um, you can uh, learn and you can learn from and, and grow from whatever you're doing, and that's and that's where it's at. Uh, my last question: How do you prioritize your day? To you know, do you try to get the the most difficult things out of out of uh, you know get them done, or w- w- when you look at your day and you plan your next day, w- what what do you work on, and how do you how do you decide what you're going to spend your time on? It's a great question, and um, I have a unfortunately I I kind of cheat because I have an amazing chief of staff that really helps plan my day. I I don't have to ever worry about planning my day, but you know if I didn't have her. I would say that I think about what my um, annual, quarterly, monthly priorities are, and then what, what, how can I fill my day with things that will accomplish those priorities? And if they're not going to accomplish those priorities, I, I say no. 
mm-hmm. and uh, that really helps. You know, Vern Harnish is one of my mentors and now one of my investors. He has a he has a saying. He says, "Look at your calendar and analyze it, and your calendar will tell you how well you are prioritizing things. And if your calendar is filled up with stuff that's not really going to move." your number one, two, or three, three priorities forward, then you need to readjust your calendar. Sounds good. So um, how can people connect with you or find out more about Likeable Local or find out more about your books? Well, really, uh, all things, um, things Likeable. Uh, Google Likeable, and you'll find us pretty easily. Um, uh, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a special code. Uh, if people uh, mention Success Harbor, at likablelocal.com or likabledemo.com. We'll give them the first month free. Uh, Mention Success Harbor. We'll give them the first month free at likablelocal.com. And then um, people want to ask me questions about anything. I get thousands of messages per week on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and email. I answer every one. So feel free to tweet me at Dave Kirpin, or you can link in with me, or you can Facebook me, or you can even go really old school if you have a question. You can email me, Dave at likable.com. So if somebody wants to find you, they can find you and they can connect with you. Exactly. I'm, I'm happy to connect with, uh, with people and, and answer their questions. And then, of course, uh, on Amazon, you can find all my books, three books so far. Just, just check out Likeable and you'll see. So everybody out there, thank you for listening. Dave, thank you for being on Success Harbor today. And check out Likeable all over the place, Google, Facebook, everywhere, likeable.com, Likeable Local. Uh, again, thank you, Dave. Wish you much luck going forward. Thank you, George. It's great being on Success Harbor. And what can I say except Success Harbor rules? Thank you, Dave. You got Bye, it. everybody.